Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm going to be discussing Rutgers losing badly to Minnesota on the road in Gavin Wimsett's first start as a Big Ten starter against Big Ten opponents. So let's go ahead and get started. Rutgers football lost to Minnesota Saturday 31 to nothing in a game that was a little bit closer than the final score would indicate if you didn't know, but actually not that much. It was really a, a tough game to watch, and um, it was necessary that we started Gavin Wibsat, which is what happened, but it was unfortunately a bad game for Rutgers all the way around. First of all, before the game started, bad news arrived in the fact that our freshman awesome running back, Sam Brown, who was, we were told day to day, suddenly out for the season with some kind of devastating foot injury that is going to keep him out the rest of the season. And that is just devastating for Rutgers. He's been awesome this year, Sam Brown. Really good, tough after the carry. He had like 110 yards. And, you know, after he gets hit, he gains a lot of additional yards. I think 89 after contact last week out of his 110. He's a tough running back, and he was kind of exciting. And, the fact that he's out for the rest of the season really put a downer on my Saturday and now, you know, somewhat on the rest of the season. And that was a tough way to start. Um, and this game was about as devastating as that news for Rutgers. Um, we gave up 250 plus rushing yards in the game and we were held to under 50 rushing yards. And I, my immediate take um, and the game had just ended. So I'm recording this just after the game ends. <clears throat> so this is kind of a hot take here. I guess Nunzio Campanelli isn't the immediate offensive savior that, you know, some have might have thought. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, Wimsett, you know, was fine, I guess. He had an interception that wasn't great. You know, late in the game, Vegel came in after he got hurt and also had an interception. Um, and I guess he's probably going to be charged with a fumble. To Wimsat, there was an exchange between the center and him where really the guard knocked the ball out of his hand. But even so, he'll probably be charged officially with an interception and probably a fumble. So the turnovers were obviously a concern. But again, that's something that you have to live with for a freshman who we really need to actually continue to do this with. And that is play him a whole game. Um, the offense in general was really bad. The offensive line, and, and then Wimsett had absolutely no help, right? His offensive line was was terrible. We could not run the ball whatsoever. We got blown off the ball by their defensive line compared to our offensive line. It was really terrible. It was awful. Um, we had made strides to improve on our lines offensively and defensively, and on both sides of the ball, you would never think we did such a thing because we were blown off the ball offensively, and defensively on the line, especially with the running game, 100%. Passing game, maybe a little bit different on both sides. Uh, running game, it was like 280-degree different starts for the teams. In addition, other things that were hampering Wimsat, offensive line was terrible. Could not run the ball one bit. We had so many penalties. Again, Shanna has got to rein this shit in. I am so tired of these Rutgers penalties. It's just, it's too much. It's got to stop. At some point, it's got to come up to Greg, and he's got to take charge of both the offense and the defense and, and you know, not 
pinning on the coordinators or the special teams coaches or everyone else, these penalties have got to stop. They're killing us. Just a tough, tough, tough game. Um, also, the receivers had many drops of Wimsat passes, a couple of them in critical spots. One of them was like a 25-yard, 30-yard over the middle, right in the hands of, um, can't remember. It was our tight end's name, uh, Matt Alamo, I think. In any case, awful drop. But there were others, and it just um, it certainly didn't help. So I'm not saying Wimsat was great. He wasn't. But the offense was bad. The O-line was terrible. We could not run the ball at all. We had so many penalties, so many false starts. We had many receivers drop the ball over and over. So it wasn't just Wimsat for sure. Um, the defense in the first half was about as awful as you could be. Um, they could not get off the field, the defense, in the first half. Just absolutely awful. Just I can't believe how bad that the defense was in the first half and oftentimes what happens is and just so you know this is how it went down right it was you know Rutgers couldn't move the ball when we started it got a couple first downs and then you know punted and then Minnesota took over and basically went all the way down the field 99 yards it must have been 12 15 plays and scored a touchdown and third down after third down we could not get off the field. So it was a really long, time-consuming drive, mostly runs where we could not stop them. We got the ball back, either three and out or one first down and out, kicked it back to them deep in their territory. Same thing. It was like Groundhog's Day. Mostly running the ball all the way down the field, over and over and over and over and over. Couldn't stop on third down, couldn't stop on third down, couldn't get off the field, gave up a touchdown. So it was 14 nothing when the defense did absolutely nothing but give up two touchdowns on two long drives. And often what happens in these scenarios when the offense is poor, like Rutgers' offense was, you're going to see written in the paper tomorrow just how bad this offense was. And and again, I don't want to discount that. The offense was bad and and not just Wimsat, it was those things I mentioned a minute ago. The offensive line to run it, penalties, false starts, drop passes, the offense was bad, right? But in the first half, that had nothing to do with how bad the defense was. I often hear, and I often see people write about, well, the defense had to spend so much time on the field, that's why they were so bad, because the offense couldn't do anything. They always had to be on the field. And in most cases, that is a bunch of horseshit. And if anyone tells you that or you read that anywhere, you need to, you know, kind of get your back up and say, what are you talking about? Because it's just an illogical fallacy. Essentially, if you stop another team on third down, you will immediately get off the field, right? So a defense that is out there for a very long time is a defense that is bad because it cannot stop the other team. If you're able to stop the other team, you will not be on the field. So a team that is out there for a very long period of time, is a team that absolutely cannot stop the other offense, right? So it's entirely, I would say, yeah, not entirely, 90% of that is solely with the defense. There are certainly times when the offense not having enough possession or giving the defense a chance to rest matters a bit to the defense. But the way that that's played in the press and the way the announcers talk about it, it's such hyperbole and it's so overblown. You would think it's such a big thing, and it's not. 
stop them. Just stop them on third down and get the frig off the field yourself. You cannot blame the offense when it's third and seven and you give up a 10-yard pass. That's got nothing to do with your offense who's sitting on the bench. That has something to do with you who's on the field and are sucking balls and cannot get off the field. So I'm telling you now preemptively, when you look at the Sunday articles, you're going to see how the offense caused the defense to be bad in the first half, and that is a bunch of horseshit. In the second half, it wasn't quite the same. In the first half, believe me, the defense was atrocious, just awful, really, really, really bad. So you have bad offense in the first half and really bad defense in the first half. You know, make a, make a stop on third down. Presto, you're off the field. Imagine that. Anyway, in the second half, uh, Rutgers defense played a little bit better, um, but we were also greatly added, aided in the second half, I should say, by Minnesota penalties and some drop passes by their wide receiver. So we did play a little bit better defensively, but we were also aided, you know, by by some some help from the Minnesota offense. Um, we actually ended up, in the end, giving up more points in the second half than the first, but we did play better. You know, some some turnovers gave them good field position, and um, they had two late scores, um, really. It was, they scored 14 points in the last, like, five or six minutes of the game when it was essentially over anyway, when we were not moving the ball. Uh, it was a really tough game to watch, poor offensive performance. I have to say this, though. When I step back and assess the game, it's one of those games that looks ugly, probably will be written about terribly. Oh, my God, throw our hands in the air. The biggest problem in this game at all wasn't Gavin Wibsat. And that actually makes me happy because I see a lot of potential here. He had some passes that were high. He threw an interception. You know, there's some decisions that could be better on his part. But let's face it. Rutgers this year isn't going anywhere. We all knew that. And the best thing to do is to continue to play Gavin Wibsat game after game. Let's see what we got. He's going to be our quarterback next year. Full stop. Gavin Wibsat is the Rutgers quarterback next year. So let's see what we have. This is the first, I'm going to say complete, even though he didn't play the last seven minutes because he got hurt, complete game that Wibsat has played for Rutgers. He has been here now a year and seven games, and this is the first game he's actually been quarterback in, right? He's got a couple series here, a couple series there, in and out, a couple plays here, change him out in the middle of the series, the other horseshit by Gleason. But this is the first game he's actually played almost start to finish, and it's a good thing in the long run. And for those of you that uh, listen to this podcast and follow me, you might be surprised to hear me actually being somewhat positive in a 31-0 drubbing on the road at Minnesota. Um, and that is because I'm happy that we played Wimsett the whole game. And I want to see it again and again and again for the rest of the season. And only put Vedral in or someone else if there's some dire need to. Because if he's going to get better, if he's going to, you know, roll out and throw passes earlier or get the passes down a little or, you know, choose not to take off and, you know, look at your options a little more. You know, come off the second receiver, third receiver, go through your progressions, you know, maybe a little more. Or maybe more quickly get the ball out when there's a little more pressure in the pocket, things like that. How a quarterback develops and how those improvements get made over time really are just time dependent. You have to be in there and you have to continue playing and playing consistently. I don't mean in for a series, out for a series. I mean consistently playing throughout a game to make those improvements. And Wim Sat will. I feel like he's got a lot of talent. 
Now, we were not going to know that until we see some more games with him. But, you know, it also is an impediment that we have the offensive line that we do. Um, other teams are going to get much better pass rushes than Minnesota generated today. Um, all the reasons the offense was bad today, one of them was not really pass protection. We were not that bad in pass protection. We were terrible with run blocking. We had a million penalties. We had kept dropping the balls. You know, Wimsett and Vedral were not perfect as quarterback. There were, there were a lot of problems. One of them was not pass blocking. So in my mind, that's going to be tougher in future games where other defenses are going to get closer to these quarterbacks. But still, it's important that Wimsat see this now and not see this for the first time when the Big Ten schedule starts next year. Because next year, we're not going to have any chance to put some other quarterback in. He's going to be our guy. So let's get him the experience. Let's continue this. And for a 31 nothing loss that you know, was kind of a drubbing and kind of annoying. I'm actually happy that Wimsat played the whole game and in my mind looked better than he has in the past, believe it or not, throughout everything. And and I have a positive outlook for Wimsat in the future, even though this team's outlook is maybe not so good. It, it's possible we don't win any more games this year. We'll We'll see how that all goes. But it was a tough day for Rutgers up in Minnesota. But perhaps the future will be brighter if we continue to develop a quarterback. That's really all I have for you today. And I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. And please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. And I'll be back soon for more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.